Don't watch movies or TV shows If that's what you like You a stupid hoe With a book house kids Yeah, with a book house kids With a book house kids Bitch Fuck yeah, baby. Bookhouse Kids, the podcast where we talk about books. I am your host with the most, Caleb Gross, joined here as always by my loyal co-host, Mr. Celia Girl, a.k.a. Jonathan O'Neill. What's up, guys? That's me, Jono. And Jono sounds like he's in just a splendid mood this Monday morning. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling fantastic. And he's very excited because we're talking about one of his top five books. Yeah. Yeah. And what book is that, Jono? What what the fuck am I doing here again? And that book is 1984 by your boy, right? Our boy, George Orwell. Yeah, Orwell is definitely my boy. Writes a lot of great books, and um, especially this one is one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah, and it is a good book, and uh, it's probably like George Orwell's most popular book. Seems to be a thing we're doing here for the early episodes of the podcast. We're probably just going to do like a greatest hits collection to try to you know reel the listeners in. Yeah. To excite the people. We don't but, read you know, that for, uh, for George Orwell, too, you know, he also wrote Animal Farm and, like, a heavy, like, theme in all of his books. He's very synonymous with this, in fact, is his uh, his writing against totalitarianistic governments and uh, essentially, like, you know, him warning the people to avoid such things as super states and they it, it deals very heavily with communism stalin a lot of deep symbolism in all of his books and it, i mean they all are kind of centered around that right yeah um you could say communism you could say stalin you could say uh you know like fascism too a lot of similarities between a lot of different political systems essentially the what he's warning against is just an authoritarianistic uh kind of life. especially with this book in particularly yeah, definitely. This book is so uh, just bleak and mm-hmm. no hope whatsoever for any any person. It's just really... Oh, and the way it ends, too, you know? The way oh, it yeah. ends. Yeah, just no hope. Um, but, th- I mean, that's what makes this book so good. And, and he does create such a believable world. So, in the book of 1948, the world consists of three super states. Those super states are as follows. Oceania, which our protagonist is in. Eurasia and East Asia. Nobody really knows how the super states came to like coalition they never understood how these were created because nobody has any recollection of the past yeah and that's part of the way that the government um keeps afloat is by hiding the truth so the government is broken down into four different ministries and those ministries would go as follows we have the uh, ministry of peace which would deal with war and peace the uh, ministry of the plenty which would deal with like economic affairs such as like rationing for people the starvation that's there um none of these you know super states are great places to live because they are so heavily controlled by the government the ministry of love would be the third that deals with law and order uh which would basically be like the torture and the brainwashing of the people very ironic names oh absolutely yeah like if you can't if you can't tell throughout and then uh we got the ministry of the truth to round out the last one that deals with news art education and that's just straight propaganda yeah straight up like uh funny thing is that the ministry of truth will post out an article stating about you know the bad relationship they have with east asia and then the next day they'll just uh reverse it to eurasia and uh everyone will be on it's whatever like benefits him at the time everyone will just forget everything that ever happened and like to give you a good idea of this our uh protagonist in the book winston smith he actually works at the ministry of truth and what his job is to 
to do is to go back in the history books and amend things as the government sees fit. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of like that classic line, the winner in history is always going to write the book. Yeah. So he's able to amend things as they happen and, you know, create false things for the people that they have to accept because there is no necessary proof. Anything to that, show something different. Anything that benefits Big Brother, uh, essentially. So if so, there is something that, that shows that Big Brother is lying, he has to definitely get rid of it right away. And Big Brother is like the feds. They are on your ass at all times. Yeah. Big Brothers are able to spy on um, all of the people of Oceana through what we would call like a telescreen. Think of it as like a Skype channel that's constantly just yeah. on you and somebody is watching. It's if like you near, show, nearly impossible to get away from them. And if you show anything against Big Brother, the slightest defiance, they have a thing in this book, it's called face crime. And just, you know, showing a displeased emotion when they're talking about Big Brother is enough to get a person vaporized. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's, it's just a horrible place. And you see our protagonist, Winston Smith, he's in constant fear of, you know, being vaporized because he doesn't love Big Brother. He doesn't like the super states he's in. So he's living in a constant paranoia due to the fact that, you know, he's being watched and controlled by his government so heavily yeah you know from the very first chapter he's like a rebel and um in this kind of environment it's almost like it it's just too hard to be a rebel it's they make it impossible it, it, yeah to be it's, a rebel. it's damn near impossible um, but throughout the book winston does meet other rebels and one of those rebels that he meets is julia and, and um they have like a well I'm sorry, go ahead about Julia. Yeah, no, and when he first meets Julia in the book, Julia, um, he thinks that she is spying on him. He thinks that she's a big brother agent because she's kind of following him. But Julia was actually able to recognize that Winston Smith wasn't a believer of big brother just through his expression, his mannerisms at work. And she uh, slipped him a note later on. Oh, yeah, this is the spicy part of the book. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's really steamy. Slipped, yeah, and Jono was loving it because she, uh, yeah, she slipped him a note and it said, I love you. And you know, my boy, my boy, Winston Smith was about that action. Yeah. I mean, I get notes like that a lot, so it wasn't a big deal, but (laughs) I thought it was cool. And uh, long story short here, Winston starts fucking our girl, Julia. Yeah, They just straight up. (laughs) <laughs> I want to get to this. I want to get to this, Jono, because like Julia in the book's hot. She's 26. She's a hottie with a body. Well, that's what he perceives because, you know. But I mean, as be- a reader, you're led to believe that Julia's attractive, right? right. How was Winston Smith getting this pussy? Because my boy Winston Smith had like varicose veins. And he was like, he's 39 in the book, but it's more like a rough 62. Yeah. I mean, like based on his illnesses and uh, his uh, physical well, whatever he has he's definitely not the uh oh he was out kicking his coverage yeah he's not the most uh attractive man that you would uh like to do that with I guess. but you know but, julia though she's a freak she yeah. is a freak and she's part of like the junior anti-sex league too. i think she kind of and that's the thing like uh she's showing off her her rebellion like, by having sex essentially and that's kind of a cool thing uh, like um uh when he asks her after the first time they have sex like how many people have you slept with you know she says like a lot <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and then Vincent, he's and then he's and like proceeds to tell her like that's, that's great that's, because the yeah. more people you've had sex with the more i'm attracted to you because that shows like the more you're willing to go against big brother yeah which is kind of cool you know most of the time you in fact winston calls like, her oh, at one slut, point in the book like, he like fucking loves that she's having yeah. sex yeah. and at one point in the book too winston even calls her a rebel from the waist down yeah like she's really just about fucking she's not against like trying to overthrow big brother because winston has this grand delusion that he's going to be able to over overthrow 
Big Brother and beat right. the system. Which, and he believes in a uh, like a secret society that would um, that will be able to you know take out Big Brother in the book. Yeah, which he's so persistent about this um, kicking him in the ass in the end. Eventually, it does because he does find another so-called rebel in the book, and this so rebel um, lends him a copy of the theory and practice of oligarchical collecticism. Yeah, and um, this is like my favorite part of the book when O'Brien lends him this this uh, manuscript because <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fucking political. And um, a lot of people kind of can see this part as being a little bit dry, but the similarities between um, what's written in this manuscript and like our government today. Well, I mean, essentially what it is was like it explained the way the super states were created, the way that they were necessary to enslave the people. Because, you know, with them, these three super states, they were always at war over resources. So they're always using their resources, therefore not having resources for the civilization. Endless for the people. cycle, yeah. It, and it was an endless cycle. It's like a good way to control by fear. It's a good way to control by, you know, just, I mean, really the premise of the book, totalitarianistic government. Exactly. And it's constant war, which we have that now. Also, you know, scarce resources, but lying to people saying that there's plenty of resources all the time, like Caleb mentioned earlier. And it's also yeah, in the Ministry of Truth, you know, that that's the thing. They can just say whatever they want to say. If they yeah. want to say production's up 150% or that, you know, living standards have gone up 150%, they're able to say that, but there is no like quantifiable evidence that living standards ever went up. Right. And you're supposed to be happy about it too. Yeah, and another part like that book brought up uh, that was interesting, and like I mean, throughout the book it was brought up. There is a class system in any government, you know, yeah. a hierarchy, and that is the upper class, which they refer to as an inner party, the middle class, which they would refer to as the outer party, and the lower class, which is the uh, proletarians. Exactly. And the proletarians are, you know, eighty-five uh, percent of the population. Yeah. Throughout With reference the reference to Karl Marx's uh, yeah. Communist Manifesto, actually, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and the proletarians too, like you know, everybody looks. Even in the book, it refers to them as it. Winston thinks it earlier in the book that the proletarians are the only chance that they have of overthrowing the government. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's it's the same way that it is in every government. They're not really worried about the lower class because the lower class are kind of stuck in their ways and you know they, they have all the power though they're the ones sitting on the power exactly um but yeah the proletarians are the future they're the they're the only hope that winston perceives that the society has to uh fight back against big brother but it's very and big brother's not even scared of the proletarians like there aren't telescreens there they are able to do things that the uh that the middle class the outer party is not able to do they have certain freedoms that you know the outer party doesn't because they know that the uh the proletarians maybe aren't educated enough maybe just don't have the means of creating any type of they, revolution yeah. they their their conditions are horrible and they live in a constant uh um like there's parts in the books where he goes to visit the edges of town where um the proletarians live and there's just like bombs going off in the the background every five minutes or so and um you can tell that they don't really give a shit about the proletarians <laughs> no not at all and you know the proletarians kind of just look at it as like life's but, gonna be what it is and, yeah you know they have no way don't even care. there was a good uh there was a good passage in the book where winston sneaks into a bar and is trying to ask one of the uh older older 
older gentleman's about life maybe before the super state to try to see if he knew anything about it. And he was really, uh, you know, poking and prying because he wanted to know the truths that like a proletarian could give him. And this proletarian wasn't able to give him any truths because he doesn't really think that life's changed at all for him. It's always been the same. Yeah. To them, it's just a psych. They just are constantly fucked up by Victory Gen and, uh, you know, uh, any kind of drugs available that will kind of dumb them down. So I don't know. It's just kind of like a, like it, like in that that book that O'Brien lent them. The, like the the hope is with the proletarians, but they are treated so badly. There's really no chance at all to kind no, of no there isn't it, it's one of those things like where they would just have to awaken and it would almost have to be like they would have to all understand at once you know how to overthrow big brother so in the bleakest part about this book too is uh winston ends up getting taken in by the thought police who would be the agents of big brother um he is taken in by the thought police yeah so he, when he's taken in by the thought police, he finds out that, uh, you know, the person that lent him that book, O'Brien, who supposedly was his uh, his source for uh, overthrowing Big Brother and his like his mental his happiness, like the only source of besides Julia, you know, like his only source of like ambition towards overthrowing Big Brother, you know, and uh, that's when we find out that O'Brien was lying. And it's kind of like it fucks with you. Because when I read the book, I was kind of excited that, you know, a rebellion was going to happen with O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. And you do get that feeling in midway through the book that, oh, shit, you know, he's got his hands on the book. He's reading into the truth. Yeah. He's finding what they this. Call yeah. He's finding this real. secret brotherhood, you know, and they're, they're going to there's going to be something where they take on Oceana. And right when it gets so like you get so like, fuck, yeah, let's overthrow Big Brother. That's when boom, thought police. That's when the thought police come. And then the whole book just and gets. He is shook from the thought police too and like in the entire book you're kind of on edge with winston because you know he's not doing the good things he's sneaking off in fucking julia enough to get him vaporized he's doing face crime he is committing thought crime he's having thoughts against big brother very disobedient person yeah and you, you you're just nervous for him throughout the book and then you know when it finally happens when the thought police shows up you're like oh shit they know everything pretty much at this point like you know he's well fucked. he's been set up by o'brien o'brien set his ass up from the beginning and they've the been watching beginning. him they were letting him continue his actions because they were watching him and this is like you know really where the book turns here it gets psychological because, and it gets oh, very uh, like from the aspect of torture i guess because this is where they take him to the ministry of love right yeah they take yeah. him to the ministry of love and you know all these times that he thought people were being vaporized people being taken away i don't know if they were vaporized because what they yeah. did with winston was they they hold him up and they tortured him for like seven years. It was horrible. Like it, it was they just disfigure him, so yeah. he's not even recognizable anymore. Yeah, they they totally brainwash him and turn him. And in the book, there are three steps to the torture. There is the learning of Big Brother. There is the understanding that Big Brother will be there, and then there is the acceptance that huh. it is what it is and it will not change. And they have to truly break a person to be able to do that. And they are able to break the people by a room that they refer to as Room One. And earlier in the book, Julia and Winston made a pact to each other that no matter what, they would have feelings for each other and Big Brother could never take that from one another. And if they were killed, they would still die defiant of the party because they would always have that love for one another. Which is, you know, I kind of felt like he would still have the feeling of love towards Julia in the book when I read the book for the first time. And, and then when he was getting tortured, it was just kind of, it was veering towards that area. 
slowly but surely and when he got to room 101 he broke he just broke immediately broke. And, and they were able to do that because they used his biggest fear from him they had a cage with hungry starved rats in it and they were going to put this on winston's face he is very scared of rats when they do that he instantly throws julia under the bus do it to julia do it to julia is what he shouts yeah and it's kind of sad like it's uh it's, that's just the way torture works though i mean it can happen to anybody honestly yeah and like the, the extent of the torture or two is just unbelievable like one point they had him on some type of a table that they would crank up the numbers and it would fuck with his spine oh god and it would he would feel like he was just being stretched out of place and he probably fucking was yeah it's really graphic like the torture the torture room where he they do all their shit and it all heats up so quickly graphic. too and o'brien is the person torturing him o'brien you know is a part of big brother he is a part of the thought police and he was there set to test winston but the most interesting thing is they didn't just want to kill winston they had to convert him exactly. they had to get him to be a believer in big brother which by the last words of the book they did and yeah and that that's why like I, I love this ending to the book because it is such a bleak ending what happens is they come on the radio and they announce that oceana had a victory over eurasia or east asia whichever one it was and our protagonist winston smith this defiant man is filled with happiness and feels pride safe in the fact and that proud, big brother yeah. won and he yeah he feels a lot of comfort from that the, that news and he takes a sip out of uh, his victory gen what they call and then he's just like yeah i fuck with big brother i love it yeah and, and it's so it, like it is such a great ending and it's such oh, a great ending for no. such a bleak book because you well you have like hope throughout the book and you know up until those thought police you have hope that something's gonna happen but you don't know how it will happen you just i mean you're reading a book so you figure there's gonna be some turning point right yeah i mean orwell's really really good at manipulating manipulating your uh, emotions with this book and because yeah. he kind of builds up that that intense feeling of overthrowing big brother which never happens <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, I mean, and it never probably will and it, happen. And it ends up going the opposite direction. Yeah, and it never which, probably will end up happening. And, like, it's it's great, though, because it's, like, so, you know, few and far between that a book ends in that way where you're just completely let down as the reader. Yeah, it's very, very, um, very sad book. But uh, this is almost why I like it a lot because it's Me too. just because it's, it keeps it real. Like, that's such a realistic ending. That's That would actually... That actually, that stuff would actually happen today. You know, if you could torture someone to do whatever, I mean, believe whatever they want to, whatever you, the torturer wants them to believe, and uh, it's it's sad, but it's true. And then to talk about like you know something here that you know we kind of been remiss in not mentioning the entire podcast what is that? Is the most prevalent term they use in the book, and that is the idea of double think. Oh, right, yeah. And double think is a practice of the people of Oceania that they are able to think something twice. So they're able to note something's a lie, but then believe that that was never a lie in the first place. So the truth is always one step ahead of the lie. You know, they're able, they're, well, the, I guess the lie is always one step ahead of the truth, I should say. Yeah. Because they're able to double think things and believe things that they know are blatantly not true. Yeah, it's kind of just like hypocrisy at its finest. And it implements, that double think implements its way into everybody mind so that big brother keeps churning yeah and another like really cool uh like term that they use an agent that they're able to uh you know promote big brother with is the idea of newspeak and newspeak is like the deconstruction of the english language to make it to where you're able not even able to speak things against big brother yeah so i mean think of like dumbed down uh communication so much so that there's no possible way to think rebellious thoughts dude like look at newspeak and think about that right and like think about the fact that 
like as we get older, John, like there's, there's certain words we can't say that we were able to say 10 years ago. Yeah. There's words that are now more offensive and like things that are being taken from us. So it's like a new speak is like, it's interesting that like the way that language plays in a way yeah. in controlling the that. people. I see that a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting if you read the, uh, the appendix or what is that chapter called? The appendix. Or? Yeah. And that's appendix, like the, the appendix, like, of, yeah, uh, gives you like speak. a thorough breakdown of double think and new speak and, uh, uh, the way that they're able to two use equals uh, five. five. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, and it gives you like a clear understanding of the way that those things work. But that brings me to my biggest complaint of the book. And you know, this Jono, me and you read it around the same time. And I was constantly complaining to you that I thought it was a little heavy but I was constantly complaining was to you like, that George Orwell is so heavy handed with the concept of double think and new speak that I, I assume that he thought all his readers were proletarians because he was so heavy handed like I didn't fucking understand what it was the first time he explained it. Which I, I get that, but at the same time, I kind of like how it's heavy handed. And it's it, very, I just like, I yeah. like the way that, that it's written. It's just, uh, it's more it was well written, but like, I almost feel like there's like a page, a chapter just like dedicated to the concept of double think again, the concept of new speak again. Yeah. And we it's just, we get it. We get it. Yeah. Well, know? I think, um, have a little faith in your audience, George Orwell. I mean, he doesn't look do at, it in the rest of his Look books. at the audience now though. I mean, if you look at society today, has it gotten, has it learned any lessons? from this book i don't think so so i mean i think it's very that's, useful I, that is that is, i mean that's a fair enough point it was written in 1949 so and uh and we're well past 1984 <laughs> yeah. so, so it's uh not a science fiction book yeah really. typical science fiction <laughs> fucking air <laughs> But, so um yeah. it's it's a great dystopian novel uh, great dystopian um and you could say that it's very heavy-handed it's very dry at some points but i i still think it's got a very influential stand uh, yeah. in so john give us your uh, give us your rating and confirm if it's in your top five books or not 10 out of 10 it's in my top five i will give out a list of my top five eventually <laughs> All I right. think there's like so 50 it's books. His, it's, it, it's in his top five. It's a 10 out of 10. To me, I'm going to go ahead and give it an 8.75. I fucking love it. It's a great book. It's not my favorite Orwell book. I do prefer Animal Farm, but it is awesome. It is must read. If you haven't read it, then you obviously have no value of your own freedom. No value in society. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because if you haven't read this book, you're, you're going to go down that path, you know? Yeah, like I love Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. idiot so we are the bookhouse kids the podcast that talks about books, books and, we- and on next week's episode we're bringing you another heater another really famous book american, american psycho. psycho dude i'm excited for that one yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a very fun one so definitely uh tune into that one because that's probably gonna be like the most wild we're gonna get on here just due to the subject content don't get crazy and everybody Literally. go ahead and uh crack open a book and read up until next week's episode thank you all for listening and we don't plug in enough here we do do have an email it is bookhousekids at gmail.com go ahead and send us in like suggestions if you if you like the podcast if you're fucking with us tell us stuff you'd like us to do we'll read the books and you know put them on the air for you yeah we and would if you could give us a rating on itunes spotify anything like that's really going to help us we're trying to like reach more of an audience so those are the type of things that will get us in algorithms and get us the random listeners so are we done with the the plugs done with the plugs but i'm gonna start doing more of them thank you all so much and until next time have a good one peace